All right, episode seven, yeah? Episode seven. Yeah. I've invited you. Oh, good. Alrighty. Welcome back to another episode of Teaching My Wife About Tech, episode seven. And uh, there's a bunch of updates this time, a bunch of, because I feel like we needed to readdress a few things because we've had a few updates in the news. And the first one is your favorite subject, data breaches, because from what I know, there was a Metabank data breach. They paid some money. No, they didn't pay any money. They didn't pay any they money. They didn't pay any money. They then put all the data online on the dark web. And this was all like medical history stuff, like really close up and personal things. So it hasn't been all the data yet. It's been kind of a subset of what we be considered the more interesting or more spicy um, spicy data so uh, celebrities or you know Australian Not- notable people n- notable notable people in Australia and um, uh, one of the things that was leaked very recently was um, pretty much all the abortion history they could find Ooh. so oh that's yeah okay that's pretty bad yeah leaking that it's, information. it's it's very um, very dark. So the the whole there there's multiple stories kind of happening at the same time because it just it it started out as a Medibank saying we've been breached and look at us being you know the the strong people we're not going to pay these these people are just criminals. Uh, the Australian Federal Police and other police agencies will just come down hard and you know uh, attack them and we're we're not particularly worried about being breached we're gonna fulfill our obligations and it's um and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be okay we take your privacy very seriously as promised as uh as promised the as promised the hackers uh started releasing their their data after the deadline was missed they didn't get their 10 million I'm pretty sure was what oh, they asked for. That's a lot of money. It sounds a lot of money. Uh, people have people have posted in data breach though. In, in the scheme of things for Medibank Private, it wouldn't have actually been that much. Why don't they have insurance for this kind of thing? Yeah, like you know, you've got hostage insurance, right? Why don't we have insurance for data breaches? Is that a thing? It is actually a thing. It Ooh. um yes. Yeah, so there are. There is cyber insurance that you can get. Cyber insurance, um, especially with the data breaches of recent years, is becoming more and more challenging and oh, it's it's sort of challenging to fulfill the obligations. So kind of like if you're gonna go get um, health insurance or like um, uh, insurance against uh, death or accident, they would assess you and they would assess the risk and then you'd have to pay premiums based on how much of a risk you are. Cyber insurance has just gotten really, really expensive because um, the extortion that hackers are willing to go for for big, big companies 
um, the targets they set, you know, $10, $10 million is very, very high to just suddenly be able to provide. Um, but also kind of, uh, it's very, very expensive in terms of how likely it is for you as a company to be breached, you know, what have, what have you got? And in this, in this case, it's health information. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, I, it's very personal information. Like yeah. it's stuff that you really don't want out there, you know, like a notable person that's had an abortion or like, it's, it's just, it's really sensitive information. Oh yeah. It's, it's stuff that is intentionally, we have laws in place that this stuff is usually kept private. So they're introducing a new law to help tackle these data breaches, or there, there is there is talk of reform. So the the current law in Australia is pretty much if a company has sensitive customer information, there is a uh, Consumer Rights Act which says if you're aware that your data was breached, you have to reveal that. Um, reveal that kind of within a reasonable time frame. Everything's left a little bit so open to interpretation. So the onus of like proving, like the, the onus of, oh, what's it called? The burden of proof. The is... burden of proof is on the company. But if your data suddenly gets leaked out, you would, like the business would be held liable for not being aware of it. So um... there is, it, it is very firmly in... Um, in the consumer rights hands. So the story that was, um, the story that came out recently was uh, New South Wales proposing a new law. And this was specifically about New South Wales government agencies. As I said, the current laws are very consumer focused, consumer rights focused. So they're about um, companies and businesses. What there's a lot more flexibility on is governments, if governments get breached about them having to actually report anything. So this was... Oh, this was for the government. This was for the government to have a a very, very clear, hard and fast rule that if you are a government agency and you get breached, you have to reveal, no matter how minor you could justify it kind of thing or how minor you think it is, this is is about governments being open and transparent about... That seems like a good thing to me. Yeah. It's it's a very it's a very good thing, and the um, article inferred that it kind of had pretty much unanimous support. Oh, that's good. That's that's good. So that that is a step in the right direction, and we need all the steps um, steps we can. So what are they going to do about the Matterbank breach? Do we know? Which is interesting. Um, so AF. AFP, the Australian Federal Police, and said, oh, yes, you know, we're going after the dark web, we're, we're finding out who did them, and we're going to charge them, you know, to the full extent of, of the law, which may not be possible if they're international or in an area where there's no treaty. There's very little they can do. It's not like the AFP can compensate the Medibank private customers. It's not like Medibank private, they, they, can, they can compensate in the form of, like, a financial benefit, but with I mean, your, it's your information data is already it's gone. Like, the, the, it's already the out there. The, da- the data is gone. It's it's leaking. With the, the genie's out of the bottle. There's kind of nothing they can do to compensate. Uh, just, as, just as a funny side note to this, uh, large IT companies, um, large IT companies, if you, if you are a company and you want to go look at 
um, a big product. In this case, this was a product by a company called VMware, very massive in the enterprise space, offer a whole lot of services. They frequently publish on their website um, case studies where a large, well-known company has come to them and said, oh, we'd like to install your software. And they do a case study and it shows just how great their software is for, um, you know, how much easier or how much money they're now, they're now making than before for putting in a software package. The case study for Medibank Private on VMware's site was about one of their security um, suites and was about endpoint protection and um, public data protection. That's suddenly gone missing from the VMware site, which I find endlessly amusing. Amusing or suspicious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little suspicious with the timing. It's just there hasn't been a statement that's like, oh, it was no longer relevant or, oh, it's gotten a bit old. It's just like, yeah, where this isn't this a success. Is, mm, this isn't really a success story anymore. I see, I see. I think as, as sort of a final part, um, like when lots of, when, when big data breaches happened, like Optus a couple of months ago now, we started getting all these stories about other telecommunications providers at least being attacked or, or statements going out saying, oh, we really care about your um, data privacy. This is the thing that I fear we're going to see more breaches to health companies. It's going to be, it's going to go through a little moment. Because seeing, they know people are willing to pay yeah. for their personal information not to be released. And Medibank Private being one of the largest health funds in Australia, um, I think this is going, I, I could see this around malicious people being a bit of a competition. It's like, oh, can I one-up that or, um, or can I join can in? Can we do HBF? Can we do, do HCF? Uh, can we yeah. do all the big ones? Yeah. Um, so That's not a good trend. Keep, keep an eye on your emails. See if, um, yeah, see what you can do about, um, you know, what data your health fund has. But I'm, I'm nervous that before the end of the year, we're going to get another one from like AHM or another one of the big ones. Um, or maybe another insurance provider, again, with, with personal information. Um, but we shall, we shall see. Fun, fun. Yeah. Data breaches. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. So Twitter. Um, I just want to do a short little recap of the entire story first just a short little like okay elon musk bought twitter against his will yes <laughs> he then was like i found out today that he actually took on what was it 20 billion dollars worth of debt to be able to acquire twitter 20 billion american yeah. dollars yeah. 20 billion sorry i just i yeah, cannot get over it, the incredible amount of money that he's taken out as a loan to be able to purchase twitter anyway so he bought twitter against his will he then decided to introduce an eight dollar subscription fee for the verification check so the normal verification check was going to be removed Everyone was going to get the verification check as long as they paid for it. There, it was rolled out. Yes. And there was a huge, I mean, everyone could tell that these problems were going to happen because lots of fake accounts started to pop up. 
it it's it's the real the the real problem that Elon Musk went in and thought everybody was going to be was going to be decent this would make some money for Twitter and it would it would make more sense to buy in because who would pay $8 just to tell some jokes or just to have a photo of Mario <laughs> he, flipping the bird he really underestimates the pettiness <laughs> of humans and he really underestimates people's willingness to spend money just to make a point yeah. or to make a joke. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he he did not see that. I mean, everyone else saw it coming, though. Like, yeah. why did he not see it coming? It was just going to happen. He's got other things on his mind or he's just easily blindsided by stuff like this. Ah, yeah. I saw a meme at some point somewhere saying, this guy, see this guy running Twitter, imagine living on Mars and him being in charge of your oxygen. And I was like, that would not, not be good. Yeah. I would not want Elon Musk being able to turn the oxygen switch on and off. Um, to be honest. When, when you've gotten a bit of a, um, megalomaniac or even worse, a megalomaniac with money and potentially an inter, um, yeah, a, a interstellar, not interstellar, but with a colony on another planet, it just, yes. Intersolar? Intergalactic? I'm not sure. I'm not (laughs) sure. There's probably a nice word that somebody... Um, somebody knows. Yeah, somebody can... who knows more about space. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry, you were saying. Oh, just just megalomania. Going on the whole thing. Yeah, the the megalomania is real and unfortunate. And yeah, Elon's statement today that Twitter's going to do some stupid things over the next few months. <laughs> and whose fault is that? And yeah, yeah, it it's just it's just ridiculous to think that on sort of the face of it, Twitter was actually doing okay. I mean, not great. They still had a mountain of debt, but they were keeping up. Twitter was a trusted information source. It was, it was considered in its, in its previous form, fine. For what it was trying to do, it's fine. And now... Unfortunately, with these these couple of tweaks, with Elon trying to use it to make profit or to spout his political beliefs, we may lose it, lose Twitter as we know it in the next few months. Yeah. Uh, there was even uh, he got really desperate at some point and even said the statement, "Oh, we we might just put the entirety of Twitter behind a paywall." Yeah, that's gonna work. <laughs> yeah, because that's because that's gonna as if nobody is going to just take the idea of twitter and then start a free website which is then going to take over what i think is an interesting story that that's happened in in the background uh so the previous uh ceo of twitter who was ousted by elon musk was a guy called uh jack dorsey okay jack uh dorsey or dorsey um sorry jack D it's fine. Something. Um, so Jack liked Twitter, but he saw it as a platform which should be more open. 
He wanted other people running their own Twitters. He saw it as something which should be as integral and as open as email. People can just spin up their own email servers and send emails to each other. He wanted that with Twitter. And that's what he's actually been working on for about uh, 10 years now, is this project to make Twitter into this application that they can sell on and other companies can spin up Twitter servers. Their own Twitters. Yeah. Isn't that kind of just like Facebook pages? Think of it, but more extreme. Like more, More like email. When you sign up with an email provider, you can sign up with any email provider, but then you can email any anybody with an email address. But then you kind of lose that, like, that organic reach that Twitter had. Well, the... He was he was still working on it. He hadn't fully sorted out all the all the problems with the idea, but the idea was that it was supposed to be this giant uh, mess of tweets coming for everywhere, going for everyone. People could have you know their little private discussions. It would just be a backbone of of the internet, but not necessarily on Twitter.com. Right. Okay. Now, I just wanted to add that the whole verification saga mm -hmm. ended with a double verification. Yes. So they they had this $8 subscription. They had a bunch of fake verificate, verificated accounts that po cropped up, you know, fake Nintendo, fake Twitter, fake whatever. and But they were verified, right? Because they were yep. paying for these accounts. Yep. And then they were like, oh, hang on. We can't have all these people impersonating these big companies like ourselves like twitter support was one of them so they introduced another verification check, check underneath that said official yeah so it was double verified yeah and then they they rolled it back all together right um yeah because yeah. elon musk did not see this coming what, yeah did, did he not see the point of the he, verification he did not understand what the verification was being used for and why it was a good idea because it's to make something trustworthy in a way that's actually been verified much more than someone willing to pay eight dollars someone actually going in and being able to say yes you are a legitimate contact at this business you are going to post information on behalf of this business or on the behalf of yourself because you're a celebrity or a no notable person, we have verified you are who you say you are. Your account will actually be from you. Yeah. Well, I mean, as much as I kind of disagree with some of the ambiguous lines to become verified or not verified, I still think that the verif... Like, I understand the point of the verification tick and it makes sense to have them mm -hmm. but anyway i think that's it for the elon musk update yep uh we'll move on to the next topic unless anyone has any questions uh regarding anything it or anything of the concepts or topics that we've covered so far please leave them in the comments we will move on to meta layoffs so uh just going from one megalomaniac to another, we're going to Mark Zuckerberg, who has recently laid off a whole bunch of people because we talked about how Meta went all in on the Metaverse. Mm -hmm. And 
that was because apparently Facebook bought Oculus, or at least that was probably part of the reason. And Mark Zuckerberg has now realized that maybe they went a little bit too hard uh, on their whole plan to expand and he's had to lay off, what was it, 11,000 people? Yeah. Uh, a large a large chunk of staff to try and try and get some money back from what they've thrown into the metaverse and their metaverse um, experiments. Look, I just I don't understand how the metaverse is supposed to be anything more than video games and just what is it native ads within those video games? And then maybe the currency being used is crypto based like that. That's the only things that I can think of that the metaverse could become. Nobody wants to walk around with a headset. Like, I'm sorry. I maybe to play a game like for a little while, but nobody wants to continuously walk around with a headset. Right. That's why Google Glass was a complete failure. When people talk about the metaverse, the main point of inspiration that people go to, and I'll say the cliched one, um, is Snow Crash by a guy called Neil, Neil Stevenson. Hang on. Oh. Ah, says, I have no actual knowledge of what I'm talking about. You're right. You're absolute. I'm completely, I'm totally dumb when it comes to IT, and my knowledge is really, really superficial. So if you want to add anything, please do. Lachlan knows a little bit more. Um, and he is very versed in the IT, maybe not necessarily the metaverse, but he knows a lot about IT. So, you know, feel free to, you know, add stuff. You don't have to put us down. We are well aware of the limitations of our knowledge. So, uh, in, in this book, the metaverse is seen as a form of escapism. The world has gone to crap. It's taken... What book is this? So this is Snow Crash. Oh, yeah. Um... Uh, it, it is it is an incredibly interesting book, raises a bunch of uh, interesting questions about um, religion and also um, corporate entities and, um, oh yeah, and some weird uh, government stuff. But essentially one of the parts is they talk, um, they talk that the internet has become a physical place that you escape to because the world has become so crap. And... In that it's described in a few different ways how people actually interact with it and the main one that the main character hero protagonist um, accesses it is he has a laptop that directly beams the view of the metaverse into his eyes while he's sitting in front of his laptop so there's no headset Oh, described so it's or anything just directly like that. into the irises. It's, it's projected into his irises and then his camera on his laptop is tracking his movements and just does it all magically. Um, it's not really described very well how he moves around or anything, but there's suggestions that he's interacting with objects within, within the metaverse. And it's also described that there are payphones on the street where people go into a little booth and that's how they get into the metaverse. Because it is science fiction, it's never described how things translate into the metaverse, how things become more practical and more enjoyable with virtual locations to visit things or get more information. 
and the whole place is kind of hijacked and almost taken over by um, some religious fanatics. And it's, it's, it's not clarified how people are finding information, how people are doing things apart from going and talking to people and going and buying stuff. And I think the people who think the metaverse is the future forget about what people do on the internet. They browse around. <laughs> they sit there watching they watch TikToks. <laughs> they they look at they look at pornography, um, but there's not really for a lot of that. They troll. None of it's none of it's really any more enjoyable being in a virtual space. None of none of it's improved or um, or, or works as well in in a physical presence. You can't just go and you know into the metaverse and watch the news like in no way does that is that any more enjoyable or any easier than Than just watching it in real life than watching it in real life yes no i agree like it's if you have something like that it has to add to your life it has to add value and if you are just creating something to take from people like to make more money then you're not adding value and so, you know, your idea is just not going to take off. That's how I see it. That's generally how yeah. it works. And, yeah, going back to what, what you said about Google Glass, it's the exact problem there. It just... Wasn't adding value. It wasn't adding value. All right. Now, I think that's it for the metaverse stuff and Mark Zuckerberg, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's move on to the last topic of the night. Theranos. Now, I watched a documentary about Theranos. If you're not aware, I'm just going to briefly summarize what happens in it. Uh, it's been a long time, so I don't remember it very clearly, but I will try to explain it as best I can. So, there was this woman, Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes thank you. There was this woman, Elizabeth Holmes. She founded a company named Theranos. Now, Theranos was going to be the new big thing in terms of medical testing. So they had this device and all you would need is a tiny pinprick of pinprick of blood and it would analyze that blood within this magical device for a whole bunch of things. Now the thing that turned out was that Although that sounds amazing, that technology was just not possible. It did not exist, or at least it's, it's not yet possible with what we have in this life. So what happened was she said, oh, you know, we have these magical devices that can analyze blood pricks, but then they would draw a lot of blood from the people that actually went in to get these blood, blood pricks done and send them to traditional labs. So the whole thing was kind of one big fraud. I say kind of, but it was. It was one big fraud because the technology wasn't real. The investors got duped. It it was tried and caught and determined, yeah, yeah, Yeah. that it was was one big fraud. That it was one big fraud. And there was a bit of an update in terms of the court case. But before we say the update, I want you to add and say anything that I've missed. In terms of the Theranos saga. Um, yeah, you summed it up 
perfectly. You you did you did remember it. Um, there's a whole lot of um, detail in the weeds that it goes into. There there was a crazy relationship she had with a member of staff. There was uh, many many cases of manipulation and duping investors and other interested parties by saying, "Oh yes, this machine is doing all this magic." When they would really just have an animation going on the screen, take their blood test to another room and um, and run it normally. There was malicious things they were doing. Um, they were doing during the pinprick tests. They were watering down the blood to have enough liquid to fill a traditional testing machine. Which meant that there were lots and lots of, of bad results. Like yeah. things didn't come out properly. Like they couldn't even test for the things that they wanted to test because yeah. they didn't have enough blood. Elizabeth Holmes was a massive manipulator. Yes, 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 she was. In fact, in the documentary that I watched, it said that she was so obsessed with Steve Jobs and his demeanor that she lowered her voice by like an octave on purpose just to come across more serious and you know masculine masculine and business like and she wanted to be the new steve Jobs, so she always wore the exact same thing and and she um just just sort of going to to her background which i also find fascinating there's Lots of lots of books now, documentaries, news articles, which are covering covering the whole saga. But I believe er, early on, there's a couple of really interesting points that yes, she just wanted to run a tech company. There was several tech companies that she tried before Theranos took off, and all of them were based off ideas which were just horrendously impractical. The blood drawing thing, which was Theranos's whole thing, the pinprick of blood to do hundreds of tests that was all that that was kind of debunked she went to one semester of biology oh uh, um one semester of a human biology unit where she pitched this to one of the professors and the professor said that's a great idea but it is physically impossible for you to do all those tests with such a small amount of blood blood does not work that way yeah and she was like you're wrong (laughs) this person who's a professional in your field i'm gonna go off and prove you wrong and she was so hell-bent on proving everyone wrong that um yeah she should have ended up in prison yeah well uh sentencing is uh in a few weeks yeah so the trial is can you give us a little bit of an update on the trial so the the trial was back in I forgot now, I think it was February this year, it was earlier this year, um, there, there was a trial, yes, she was, she was found, um, guilty of, uh, defrauding investors and manipulating a whole, whole bunch of people, and, um, and so, yeah, she's due to be sentenced before the end of the year. The update is that one of the, uh, one of the, uh, who provides detail during a trial one of witnesses the, one of the witnesses thank you uh one of the witnesses came to her door late one night a couple of uh, a couple of months ago uh one of the old lab directors came to her and said my testimony was manipulated um apparently in tears like late at night just fully distraught and 
um, was like my my testimony was manipulated by the prosecutors. Um, it should be struck from the record. You should get a retrial. Pardon me. Um, you should get a retrial. So she went to the court with this evidence, asked for a retrial, and they said no. The evidence is still too uh, overwhelming. What you've said, if you've got you've got one person who yeah. said that they lied lied on the stand, it's it's not enough. Not enough. But she is going to appeal, definitely. Yeah. Even though she was absolutely guilty, like there's just no question in my mind. Yeah. I know it was. She was. And convicted, I, I mean so. that that's that's the sad thing. If she just like stayed at Stanford or um, just come up with a more boring tech idea rather than trying to trying to solve like a massive a massive problem like but that. But that's the thing. She'd be she doing was really so, well. She was so ambitious. Yeah. She didn't care about reality. She just wanted to live her fantasy of being the head of an innovative companies such as apple yeah but to become that like is just really rare not only do you have to be a visionary you also have to be successful and that doesn't always happen sometimes people have amazing ideas yeah it is narcissistic yeah sometimes people have amazing ideas and they never do become successful despite having amazing ideas you know like and but sometimes people have really shitty ideas and they do become successful so it's just a, a lot of it is also luck of the draw so mm. but yeah she absolutely was a narcissistic manipulator who decided that her ideas were better than reality mm. so yeah are you successful uh, <laughs> how are we going to measure success we have nine viewers at the moment. <laughs> Are you successful? Woo! Woo! Look. We do it because we care and we love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it. We don't um, expect to have millions of followers or anything like that. Okay? No. So, um, probably in your terms, we're not successful. But in our terms, we enjoy doing it and therefore we are successful. Yeah? I hope that cheesy answer answers your question how to measure yeah how to measure success look i think it's very subjective you know we yeah. can talk about you know as a philosophical question what is success when mm. are you successful kind of thing but i guess it's very individual and it depends on what you believe at, at work today i got given a very difficult problem i didn't come up with a solution but i got closer than anyone else um, before we had to give up, give up and um, ask a third party for help. I still think I had a pretty successful day. I classed myself as successful for coming up with all these interesting ideas on how to solve it. But ultimately, you know, it's not it's not solved yet. We've got to we've got to get other people involved. But I'm I'm still happy with myself. And I managed to get the baby to go to sleep, so I, I've been successful too. You believe people's opinions are a bit like bums. Yeah, you need to keep them private and not shove them in people's faces, because I agree. Everyone's got one. <laughs> and everyone's got one, yes, true, true. All right, any other questions regarding the MetaBank data breach, Twitter, the double verified saga, the meta layoffs, 
What's data breach? Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's data breach? Oh, we talked about the Metabank data breach. So a bunch of data was stolen, taken by a bunch of hackers and put on the dark web, including things like people who had had abortions, like their data was put out in the open. And that's a, that's a, uh, massive, massive concern. And I'm and glad you enjoyed it. What is breach? Oh, I th think we misspelled uh, breach. Oh, <laughs> the, the, oh the, sorry. The, my fault. We misspelled it. Sorry. I'm, I misspelled it. I was the one who typed it up this week. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> It can so happen. a breach as in security <laughs> breach. Security breach, yeah. Not breach as in, what, a slit? Um, I'm like not a, sure a if breach. that's even a word. It's, it's, probably not, <laughs> no, it's probably not a word what I've spelled. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone understands what it is. All right. I think we're going to head off then, yes. if that's everyone. I'm glad you enjoyed the talk about Theranos it is a very interesting topic and if you guys are interested in in that at all I recommend watching some of the documentaries there is um are you uh, aware that the breach originated in their sister company the Metabank sister company oh uh, uh it's been a few weeks since I've read the full details um what sister company can you type it up what is the sister company I don't know um it was, it was a company that would, that kind of resells Medibank services, and I've forgotten their name. I'm really sorry. He says I don't know. Okay, we'll have to look it up. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll put in the, we'll put in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I hope everyone had a, a good time. We're going to head off. Thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week, same time. See ya. See ya.